Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode of FireDev, a fireside chat with people in the industry. Today my guest is Sola Chang. Sola, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. So, you know, just for the audience, you know, listening out there, this is going to be a quick podcast, it's going to be about 30 minutes, so I'm just going to, you know, dive straight in. Sola, you work for Blizzard, can you speak in what capacity, you know, what, like, what products you work on? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a UI UX designer for the Hearthstone team, and I specifically work on the um, construction mode of Hearthstone. So I basically help with the UI UX design behind new card mechanics, um, cards, any features within the game, um, new game modes. Like we just came out with uh, not too long ago, the Twist game modes. So I work on that. So um, a lot of different different card related mechanics I work on. Okay, and a game like that, uh, you know, how many people would you typically have on that game working at any given time? Oh, um, it depends because sometimes if we're just uh, working within our main group, you know, it can it can be it can range um, from like fifteen to twenty ish people. But if we're collaborating with other teams on Hearthstone, that can kind of grow a little bit more. So it really depends on what kind of feature we're working on and how many people are involved. But yeah. Okay. Uh, you mentioned other teams. Do you mean other teams that are working on other projects and they've been brought in maybe there's a big update or something like that? Like can you just expand on you know those other teams? Sure, sure. So um internally we have something called pods. Um mm-hmm. There are basically smaller groups that are aimed to focus on one area within Hearthstone specifically. So I'm not talking about other Blizzard games. So um, I'm on what we call the Hearthstone pod. There's one for like, you know, the shop. There's one for Battlegrounds. So sometimes if we um, overlap on work between multiple pods, then we kind of collaborate together. Okay, makes sense. And, you know, is that very typical with Blizzard to have, you know, these teams, these pods, uh, you know, basically, you know, granulate each project, you know, per se, or is that more Hearthstone specific? Yeah, I can't really say much about other teams as I haven't worked on other teams before. Um, But I know that when I first joined Blizzard, they were transitioning to this sort of pod structure. So it wasn't always like this as what I can say. <laughs> okay. And these pods, you know, like how many people would you typically have in there? And is there like a specific type of roles that you definitely get in every pod or does it depend on what they're working on? Yeah. Um, it depends on what you're, on what they're working on, but definitely each pod should have engineers because <laughs> uh, you need people to uh, program the, the things that they're working on. Not every single pod has a UI UX designer, and sometimes our artists are shared between pods. We have ones that are dedicated to specifically Hearthstone, but some other, for example, um, a pod that focuses on the events in the game don't have dedicated artists. Sometimes we have to, quote-unquote, borrow artists from other pods to, to get work done. So do you ever, you know, have the opportunity to, like, jump between different pods within our Hearthstone? Or is it more like this is the pod you're on until that, like, let's say the job's done per se, you know, that's it. Sure. Um, Yeah, I would say we do have an opportunity to collaborate with other pods. So I sometimes help out with other pods when there's a lot of overlap. Um, And sometimes other members from other pods will help us. Um, But it's not, I think a majority of my work goes through Hearthstone. Okay, fair enough. 
And, you know, with games today, one of the key things and something that's becoming very important is accessibility. You know, something if you look at games 20 years ago, I mean, the games didn't really even have tutorials, you know, at the start of the mm-hmm. game. It was like, here you are, you're in the first level, you know, you figure it out yourself, you know, it's trial by fire. But now there's a lot of accessibility options. What are some of the accessibility you know, options within Hearthstone and are there any specifics that are, you know, either unique or, you know, pioneered by Hearthstone compared to other Blizzard products? Yeah, so I haven't been on the Hearthstone team since its inception, so I, I can't speak to the history of how we've adapted accessibility into our product, but I can say it's an entire um, effort by the entire team. We make efforts to educate ourselves on standards and best practices in the industry. We It's constantly on our mind, especially the, the UI UX team. Um, we do things like considering text display, contrast, visual and audio cues. We have standards that we want to uphold as we design new designs. Um, and we use tools like color contrast analyzers to make sure that things are working working properly. Um, but yeah, I can, I can say that we definitely make an effort. <laughs> Fair enough. So, you know, a game like Hearthstone, you know, you know, very popular game, but it's not as big as something like Diablo, you know, for example. So, you know, how quick do updates get released? Obviously, I know it's a big company still within Blizzard and now obviously Activision Blizzard and, you know, obviously that's within Xbox and Microsoft. But, you know, the size of the game, like how quickly do you, you know, get features in like sprints or however you work and, you know, get them pushed out, especially on mobile where, you know, you can push them out pretty quickly. Sure, sure. So uh, for Hearthstone, we have three expansions uh, that are released each year. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are kind of spread throughout the year, but we also have monthly updates. Um, and sometimes we do hot fixes if it's very urgent. So generally, um, and I think our newest game mode twist does a good job of showing and cycling through content. So we have, um, you know, updates going out once every month or so. So um, yeah, we have a lot of content. <laughs> Okay, so, you know, a game like Hearthstone, very, you know, community-driven, you know, is there, you know, community involvement? You know, what sort of input does the community have to, you know, influence, you know, the game to make it better? Sure. So I know a lot of our devs do um, go through forums like Reddit and uh, X, or as formerly known as Twitter. We go through forums, right? Like, we, we... make a conscious effort to read what the community thinks. And we get um, a lot of insights from other devs who are like, oh, did you see this comment by, you know, so-and-so? And we kind of talk about that and really care about what the community thinks about our features and releases. Okay. And when you joined Blizzard, like, are you allowed to choose, you know, what type of, you know, what project you're going to work on, Hearthstone or Diablo or something else, or the pod, or is it a matter of where they need your particular set of skills at that time? Sure. So I think when you first apply to Blizzard, you do have to choose which team you want to work on or which game you would like to work on. So I specifically applied to Hearthstone. Um, that doesn't mean that I would work on, for example, Diablo. Uh but within the Hearthstone team, they kind of talk about what you'd like to work on, you know, what areas of the game interest you. And then we try to match it up and align you to whichever pod that has that need and like best fits your your desires. Okay, that's nice. You know, so, you know, obviously, you know, uh, you know, it depends on, you know, where the companies are, you know, what products are, com- you know, what they're working on, what's important, you know, for example. But, you know, that's nice to have that 
you know, input from, you know, potential employees, you know, that are coming to work there, you know, what would you like to work on? And, and so why, you know, Hearthstone, you know, why not something like Diablo? So I'm guessing you're a Hearthstone player then. Sure. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, I think there is a very fun vibe to our team. I, I really, I think the biggest highlight of working on Hearthstone for me is just the people who are on the team. Everyone is so, um, just not only are they intelligent and hardworking, but they're also humble and genuine. They really look out for each other. Like there have been multiple times when people are like saying, if you're sick, you know, stay at home, you know, uh, your mental health is a priority and everyone is just so thoughtful of each other. And we have a lot of initiatives and people who care about your success. Um, I've never really felt uh, like held back by anyone or anything. And it's just been overall a team effort um, that has highlighted my experience here. No, I mean, that's good to hear because you get, you know, a lot of companies, obviously some of it's probably exaggerated, some of there's probably some truth to it, you know, where you hear about crunch time and mm. people not getting paid, and, you know, especially within the gaming industry, you know, it seems to be. Uh, and so, so it's good to hear when you've got a big company, you know, part of much bigger companies as well, you know, with very successful products that are, you know, aren't working their employees to the bone and realizing that, you know, that there's more to a team than just the output it's you know it's the people that are putting in that input as well so you know it's good to hear that you know blizzard has that in mind yeah absolutely yeah so, I you know, that. why did you go into ui and you know ux you know uh, as a designer again i'm guessing you you know you was a gamer <laughs> you know previously and i would love for you to you know sh- you know share your you know, your, you know, experience and, you know, history with gaming in general, but why UI and UX? Yeah, sure. That's a good question. Um, So I first started off uh, as a freelance artist and for games, and then I made, uh, with the help of a team, several indie games for, for game jams, actually. And I kind of wore many hats there as an artist, as a UI UX designer, a little bit of scripting, right? A little bit of um, animation. So kind of having exposure to all those different fields, I definitely felt very uh, drawn by UX design because um, getting comments from players saying like, wow, this experience was great. Or like, that was really good UI or like, this felt really good. This, like, I didn't even think about the UI when I, I played this or when I interacted with this control or mechanic, like that really uh, kind of set my vision for what I wanted to contribute to a game. So um, yeah, just building good player experiences is something that I'm passionate about. Okay. And, you know, you mentioned game jams, you know, what sort of skills have you learned from game jams and what's your opinions on recommending them to people and how would you recommend people go about getting into game jams and any specific ones? Yeah, sure. Um, so for your first question, um, it was about what I've learned from game jams. I, I think honestly, like organization is a huge one, um, especially when you're like on a smaller team, like knowing what you will contribute to the game is huge. Also um, sort of like, wearing that producer hat to make sure timelines are met, uh, delivers, deliverables are delivered, um, kind of making sure expectations are aligned with everyone um, and just knowing how to adjust because 
you will probably overscope when you are in a game jam and you need to be able to think on your feet, adapt to what is actually feasible. So there's just a lot of really good soft skills that you develop from doing a game jam. Uh, in terms of game jams, I would recommend looking into, I highly recommend the bigger ones. We have like the global game jam that happens usually at the beginning of the year. There's um, ones held by really big communities like Bracky's game jam. There's the game makers toolkits game jam. Um, so if you just go to itch.io slash jams, that will have a list of a lot of great game jams you can explore. So we've, you know, uh, projects in general, but you know something like a game jam, a code jam, where you know the whole project, you know maybe just two three days. Uh, you know it's not very long. You know it, it can be long hours, so you know people are getting tired. How do you, you know, uh, it's not just other people's. You know it's yourself as well. Like ego can get in the way of it. You know I got this idea, or somebody else has this idea. You know and they're and they're trying to push for it you know immensely but it might not be the best thing and you like I said you might only have 12 hours less left six hours left how do you you know handle ego and obviously you know in as a broader question how do you handle that within a general team at a company like blizzard sure um you know i so would you like that within the context of game jams or within the context of working in like a gaming studio? So, you know, both. So if you start a game jam first and then, you know, gaming studio, you know, I feel like there'll probably be, you know, overlap, obviously within a studio, you know, it's not as important if something, you know, doesn't go right for one day compared to a game jam where one day might be 50% of the whole development time. Um, sure. And- yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. So for game jams, I think it really, it really requires you to utilize your communication skills. I think, um, you know, finding teammates who are, who are a little bit more open-minded are good communicators, I think is key to kind of avoiding that situation. I think I've been lucky enough where a lot of my teams and my teammates haven't had, um, issues with, uh, being open-minded and discussing design decisions. They've all been fairly flexible with their thinking. And usually uh, when we have play tests, we ask for user feedback and you know we use that to justify some of our you know pivots in the direction of the game or, or rescoping and such. Um, and usually it's like a team uh, discussion. It's not, not like one person gets all say. Um, and so we try our best to listen and uh, you know, share our viewpoints and try to have that synonymous feeling, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, how about within a bigger game studio? Sure. Um, I think that really comes down to, um, I think it's honestly the same thing with like communication and collaboration. I think uh, I've been in meetings where sometimes people have strong opinions and we will have, you know, people in place like a, uh, product manager or a project manager who will have final say, but they will consider everyone's opinion. So um, ultimately, my job as a UI UX designer is conveying my beliefs behind and justification behind a design decision, whereas maybe someone on the game design side might say, like, this will affect gameplay this way. So the product manager would have to make that final say, considering all the different factors. So um, I haven't really 
personally have had too much trouble in that area because we have a good structure in place to navigate through situations like that. But yeah. So what was your journey like, you know, getting into Blizzard? You know, you know what can you share you know, in terms of the interview process, for example, you know, tips and tricks for others. You know, you know, there'll be a lot of people listening that are thinking, you know, I would love to work for Blizzard. I would love to work for a you know, company, a studio like Blizzard. You know, so what's it like, you know, during that process before you even get there? Sure. Yeah. Um. So before I even applied to Blizzard, um, I spent about half a year just joining a bunch of game jams. So I ended up making five game jam projects in half a year. Um. And my goal with each one is teaching myself myself something new. So whether that was a new engine, a new tool, a new skill, right? Like I, I learned animation um, through one of the game jam projects. I practiced my art skills. I was learning more about UX design. So really um that half year i was trying to explore so many different disciplines and and um fields and then after that i spent a good month just building out a portfolio based on the games that i had made and i got a lot of feedback i joined this community called work with indies they're a discord community and i've you know they were so um instrumental in in helping me build out a portfolio that looked nice and clean and then um i actually ended up posting onto linkedin uh you know showcasing my portfolio pieces and um that's actually when a recruiter reached out to me for a blizzard position <laughs> um before that i actually wasn't considering blizzard um because i you know i didn't think um i was qualified at the time but uh after that i you know had more confidence i polished my portfolio even more with more examples i prepared for the interviews um and preparing for interviews i just you know, research a lot about Blizzard. You know, I used resources like Glassdoor um, comparably to see what kind of interview questions were asked, um, what kind of UI UX design questions are typical in interviews, um, created a bank and like prepared answers. Uh, I know the STAR method is usually recommended when preparing responses. Um, I like to add on to that where I have, you know, reflection on each of those questions or, or experiences. Um, and then I kind of went through the interview we had, um, I had multiple interviews and a take-home design test. So, um, yeah, does that give a good picture? <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. So, you know, prior to even that, and even before the game jams, you know, what's your academic background? You know, did you go to university? How much do you think that helped you with getting your position at Blizzard? Sure. Um, so I have a very untraditional background into gaming. I graduated with a degree in English literature and, you know, I kind of um, went into different fields at first. I, I did like a little bit of freelance artwork. I worked at a law firm. I worked at a print shop. Then I went to Korea to teach um, computer science because I went back to school for computer science. Right. So I, I kind of um, have a very I've pivoted multiple times before I, you know, went into gaming. And honestly, all of those different experiences has kind of um, given me a very wide perspective on different fields that I, I use today. Like I, you know, when I'm bug fixing, I can read through code. Um, you know, I help out with illustrations sometimes for UI designs. You know, like I, I apply a lot of what I've, I've learned throughout my journey um, at Blizzard. So, you know, you mentioned bug fixing and, you know, you know how you might use your previous skills. Like, what's your overall approach to, you know, bug fixing? Because that's, 
you know, sometimes you get games that are so hyped, you know, maybe even from an existing franchise, existing studio, they come out and then they're just bug ridden. Even from a big studio, you know, and they've had tens, if not maybe even hundred plus million thrown at it. And, you know, it can take a game from being a nine, 10 out of 10 to being a six, you know, out of 10. So, you know, what's your approach to it? Sure. Um, so one thing we do before we release is doing something called build reviews. So that's basically when you have a feature or um, some kind of project that you're going to release soon, we make sure we do like a good run through with the entire team um, to make sure like we we catch everything um, or as as much as we can and try to address those before it's released. But, you know, sometimes uh, bugs get through and we try our best. But um, for me, I, I'm usually not the one to, you know, find bugs like purposefully. I just usually, if I notice one, I might report it to my producer or if I get one, I just do my best to like figure out where that problem is and find the solution to that, whether it is through code or whether it's through implementation. Um, so, you know, our QA team does a fantastic job of catching as many bugs as possible. And it's very rare, you know, when it slips through. So, um, yeah. So you mentioned, you know, that you've done some coding and scripting, you know, before. Do you do any of that, at, you know, Blizzard? And, you know, how do you find it, you know, in general? Yeah. Um, yes. So I do sometimes, you know, bug bugs that I get back um, have to be fixed through code. It's usually like simple code changes. So um, our our team is so great about having non-engineers be able to look at code and like if it works and it follows our, you know, um, coding guidelines, then um, they allow me to submit some code fixes as well. So I, I have written code and, you know, we have, um, you know, scripting capabilities on Unity. So I'm able to write some scripts there. So, yeah. So can you talk about some of the tools, uh, you know, that you and software, you know, that Blizzard, you know, and, you know, a big studio like that, you know, uses? Sure. Um, so it is different between each game team. Um, mm -hmm. But for us, uh, we use Unity as a game engine. And I personally use um, Figma and Photoshop for my design work and mockups and any illustrations that I do. Um, we do have some proprietary tools that I can't really talk about, but they do um, make our job much easier for a lot of different things um, on the team. Talking about Figma, like, uh, you know, there's always that thing, you know, Figma or Adobe XD, you know, which one, you know, do you prefer, you know, what's your thoughts on that? And, you know, there were, I think, rumors that Adobe was going to acquire Figma as well. So, you know, what's your overall views of, you know, those two pieces of software? Sure. Um, so I actually didn't have too much experience with Adobe XD before I joined Blizzard. Um, I did a lot of my flows actually on Photoshop because that was the tool that I was most comfortable with. Um, and again, I think this is really nice of Hearthstone is that, you know, they allow UI UX designers to use the tools that they need to use um, to produce the work they they need to produce. So um, some people don't even use, some of our designers don't even use Figma, they use you know, tools like Miro um, or Adobe XD, uh, for example. So for me, I just found Figma very nice and I've spent the most time using Figma, so that's kind of my choice of tool. Uh, yeah. 
Okay. So, you know, we've got a few more minutes left on the podcast. And, you know, one thing I always love doing at the end of each episode is going through like a rapid fire, you know, set of fun questions. Not that these questions <laughs> haven't been, you know, nice and fun as well, but they're usually, you know, less businessy and more just, you know, about, you know, you specifically. So are you ready for them? Um, sure. Yeah, let's go for it. So favorite board game, video game and movie. Okay. Uh, Board game, oh gosh, I would say, uh, gosh, it's been a while since I played it. I have to remember, it was like, um, gosh, I have to look it up now. It had the word Nottingham. Mm-hmm. I'm looking this up right now. Sheriff of Nottingham. It's uh, it's It has a board and it's basically um, this sort of like, deception game where you pretend that you have cards and you pass it on and i really enjoy playing that with my friends um and then sorry what was the other type of games a you know video game as well a video game right now it's Baldur's Gate 3 i'm very into the story it has such um great just lore and narratives and design choices and, and character development so huge fan and favorite movie favorite movie um you know what that is a great question i think i haven't watched many movies lately but i do like i think any of the marvel movies like captain america the dark knight those are all really good movies that i'm, I'm a fan of superheroes so <laughs> yeah. so you you know you mentioned boulders gate i haven't played that game yeah, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. People are saying it's, you know, it's a contender for Game of the Year. You know, what about Baldur's Gate, you know, do you love? Um, Sure. I think it's honestly the narrative. It's like one where there's so many choices where you can't get through the entire story in one go. You There's so much replayability and a lot of just, just depth to the narrative. And, you know, I played... Um, you know, Divinity Original Sin 2, the game by Laren Studios before Baldur's Gate 3, and I had the same experience. And that's why I was really excited for Baldur's Gate 3 is just being able to get immersed into this world and kind of like really enjoy the story as the character that you're playing. So um, I think they do a really good job with that. What video games are you looking forward to? Ooh, hmm. Yeah. And that doesn't, you know, necessarily because I know we're nearing the end of the year. A lot of the year's games are, you know, have been released. It doesn't necessarily mean a game that's not out. It might just be one that you haven't bought yet or started to play yet. Sure. Um, actually, no. Um, there is an uh, indie game called For the King Two that recently came out earlier this month. I was a huge fan of their first one, For the King, um, and I played a lot of it. And I have yet to buy it, but I will soon to play it because I really enjoyed it. It's it's very much like D and D esque, and I love D and D. So, um, yeah. Okay. And you know, what's your you know platform of choice? PC, mobile, console. Yeah, um, I would say PC only because I actually do not own a console. <laughs> Funny enough, um, so a lot of my games are PC and mobile, and PC. I've just grown up with PC my whole life, so yeah. Last question before we wrap up: At Blizzard, you know, do the team? You know, it's it's a gaming company, and you, sure. know, you know that's what they do. Do the teams ever, you know, get together, have you know, gaming sessions either at lunchtime or maybe? 
you know, on a Friday evening and, you know, just, you know, just relax, you know, you know, let your hair down and just go full gaming mode. And obviously on Blizzard <laughs> games and other games, there's other great games from different studios. Yeah, absolutely. So for the UI UX team specifically on Hearthstone, we have Friday Social Hour where we just get together and play a bunch of games together. Um, sometimes, usually, uh, Battlegrounds on Hearthstone. <laughs> um, but we also play other games. Uh, we also, you know, when we launch a new expansion, we usually take a good chunk of the day to just play our expansion and enjoy it and just, like, kind of, you know, be proud of the work that we achieved, um, along with, like, if other... Uh, other teams released their own game, like when Diablo 4 uh, first launched, we all take the time to just play Diablo 4 um, for the whole day. <laughs> so, Fair yeah. Enough. So, I just want to thank you, Sola, for jumping on the podcast today. You know, it was awesome you know, talking to you, hearing about, you know, Blizzard and obviously Hearthstone as well. So, you know, thank you very much. Yeah, no, thank you for having me on your podcast. It was uh, a great uh, chance to talk about your great topics and thank you everyone else for listening and i'll see everyone in next week's episode of fire dev bye everyone